encouraged by everybody who's here. I did not think this many people would show up, but hey, I know, ye of little faith. Wow, I'm, this is really good. So, thank you for being here. Today, we are going to be uh, talking about some really cool things. Uh, things that we sense God calling us towards. Things that we already are doing, but we want to make them a little more official. Um, and then, the meeting today is going to... Uh, be this way. So I'll kind of give a little direction of Vox. Um, Andy will come up, give a little update on our social media and where that's going, what that looks like. Also, uh, Joanna is going to come up and she will give a financial update. She is our CFO. Where are you, Joanna? Right here. Amazing. Blessed to have her be part of our team. And then at that point is when we're going to dismiss. If you don't want to stay for question and answer, you can go. Um, you can take off. You can pick up your kids. Don't forget them. Um, and then uh, we'll do some question and response at that point. Um, so you can stay. We can hang out. We can discuss whatever you want to do. Um, but we want this to be a time where you feel comfortable, safe, where you can ask questions. Um, we've been talking about this for the last two weeks. I was able to sit with our community pastors and just get a sense of kind of what is happening, what we should be responding to. And this actually is in response. It's not us sitting down and saying, oh, we're going to make these things happen. It's us sitting down and responding to what we're seeing, the needs of our community. And for me, it was a big realization, you guys. I come from mega church, mega church, everything, Okay. <laughs> So for me, this has been super humbling to kind of sit and listen um, because I'm a, I'm a guy that likes to get things done. So I've had to sit. I've had to listen. We've all, our staff, our community pastors have had to sit. We've listened. We've been talking about a lot of things. And this is all in response to what we see Vox, what's happening at Vox. So I want you to be encouraged that uh, you're being heard. I want you to be encouraged that um, things are actually exciting here at Vox, and we're realizing a few things. Before I do that, I want to pray, and I want to calm my own nerves, <laughs> but I want your nerves to be calm too, because I want you to walk in knowing that we're still here, and we're still going to have Vox, and Vox is still going to continue, but it's continuing because of the beautiful people of you, um, and that's a, that's a big deal. So let's pray. Father, thank you for this opportunity to sit here. And uh, really be excited about where you are calling us. Um, Lord, I love being able to uh, come to a place where I feel safe, where I feel like this is family. And God, I pray that you would give us wisdom. I pray that you would give us understanding. And God, I pray that you would be the one to speak this morning. Um, thank you for all of these beautiful people. Thank you for Vox, and thank you that you are calling us to move forward. And we ask all this in your name. Amen. Okay, so I'm going to just explain to you a little bit of what we realized, what I realized as, um, as I was sitting with a lot of our people, our community pastors, and these are the things that I realized. Now, you've got to understand that the majority of us staff members, a lot of our CPs, a lot of you come from mega church, and that's what we know, and that's what we have been used to. So I've had to realize that um, we have to make this church feel smaller. Um, what I realized that we are a church of about 120 to 150 people, um, and our hope is that the 120 to 150 people get connected, get to know each other. Because I know a lot of you may not feel like you are being connected or feel like you're connected, but we all have to realize that we are a body that's about 150 people. Somebody asked me last week, well, why, why do we count? I don't count because I want to grow. That's beyond what I want to do, guys. But I want to know who's here. I want to know how big we really are so that we can strategize on how to better serve those who call Vox their home. And we want to serve and we want to call Vox our home, yes, but we also want you to feel safe here so that you can become safe and a safe place for those in your community to come to you. Andy mentioned this last week. I loved his response when, it, when somebody asked, hey, if I'm going to another church, is that okay? We're more interested in you becoming than you being here 24-7. We want you to engage these values that Vox has in your community, and that's what we're hoping to see. So we really want to make sure that we create an environment where you are known, where you feel connected, where you feel safe, and that's going to take all of us. 
It's going to take all of us to understand that, to know that. And it's going to, it's going to take some of us to get out of a mega church mindset and become small. I know that's my biggest challenge. My biggest challenge is that because I like charts, I like things to happen. I like people to get from this point to this point in this amount of time. But I also have to realize that we have to create space for people to process, to be in process and allow that to be continual as we move forward. Because that's how we started. That's what Vox has always been, a place to process. Uh, So if we grow or if we were to grow and if that were to happen, it happens from how well we care for each other. Okay, it happens from how well we know each other. Um, But also we realize that we need a plan for some some small wins. I mean, that was I heard that and I heard that and I heard that. We've never had a plan, guys. We've never sat down and said, this is where we're going for the next six or eight months. We've never done that. But we need that. And that's where today comes into play. That's part of what today is about, is that we want you to know kind of where we're moving in the next eight months. Um, But we're going to we're going to hold this loosely, guys. Because we really want to be sensitive, we really want to hear, we really, really want to have those conversations as to if we need to pivot, we pivot. But we want to make sure that you know that Vox is here. We know, want you to know that it's still a safe place. And we want you to know that we are, we are moving forward and, and, and having these small wins. But we also realize, ladies and gentlemen, is that there are two areas that people exist at Vox. One is people who have been in the deconstruction process for a long time and are ready to reconstruct. I know that's where I am. I'm ready to reconstruct to the things that are pure, to the things that are merciful, to the things um, that are, 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 um, are loving, you know? I want to be part of that, but we also have people who are coming to Vox who are still in process, who where we were three years ago. And we want that to be a place for everybody to feel comfortable, to feel safe. So those are the two areas that we're gonna focus on. Those who are ready to reconstruct, and those who are still in the process of asking a lot of questions and in deconstruction. So that's kind of where we're going to base all of what we're doing today. And the, re- and the reality is like we need to invest more into each other. The, la- the other two is let's live out our values more now than never. And this to me was probably the best thing that I could have heard is that our CPs feel underutilized. I think to me that was like, oh, so you want more to do, Casey? <laughs> But it's not they want more to do. They want, they want to be able to invest. And I think that was a wake-up call to me saying, okay, we got to go. We got to move. David, say what a CP is. I'm sorry. A CP is a community pastor. If you're a community pastor, go ahead and raise your hand if you're in the room. And these are the pastors that we lean on for, um, for connection with you. So anytime we get a prayer request, anytime we get a, a, a request to speak to one of the pastors, these are, these are the people that, that respond. And they have shown a, uh, a gift of shepherding, uh, a gift of caring, and we want them to be uh, available to you. So Casey is one of them. Stand up, Casey. I want everybody to know who you are. We're getting smaller here. <laughs> Casey. Uh, Jonathan is another one. Joanna, his wife, is another one. Heather. Everybody, this is Heather. Everybody say hi to Heather. <laughs> uh, Bruce and uh, Carol right there. Uh, Carly is in the room. Carly, raise your hand. Yay. And then um, Sarah right here. She's in the midst, midst of all of you guys. She left her uh, cabin just to come and be with us. We are so honored. Uh, did I miss anybody? Anybody missing? All right. Um, so they wanted to feel a little more um, involved. So we kind of just created an opportunity for them to do that. So um, I'm just going to keep going through these slides. Um, again, uh, Andy's going to come up and then Joanna will come up. But here's kind of what we foresee um, happening at Vox within the next eight months. We really want you to know what these values are. We've talked about them all the time. Okay, The church exists to serve and love the world. That's what we are. That's what we do. The church should be the safest place to talk about and wrestle through anything. We take ownership of caring for each other. And then the church must capture the hearts and minds of the next generation. Pass on by equipping the next generation by modeling this at church and at home. Now, what we've realized is these values really do fall into specific categories. Um, If we look at the church should be the safest place to talk about and wrestle, to us, that's the care. We want to be able to create an environment where we care about what you're, you're thinking about, what you're processing. We care about those things. We want the church to exist, uh, to exist to serve and love the world. We want you to become an activist, not the kind that pickets, but an activist that carries these values and loves and serves the world and not stand in judgment of it. 
And ladies and gentlemen, that is one thing that I desire all of us to become, is not only do we care and serve those here at the church, but we embody this wherever we go. That we care for, regardless of where you stand politically, regardless of where you, where you stand sexually, where, whatever, you are here, we are here to serve and to love and allow Jesus to become beautiful through that. And then this other one is the church must capture the hearts and minds of the next generation. Not only on Sunday, you guys, not only on Sunday, I'm seeing how much modeling this in our home really is important. I have a junior hire and she hears everything we say and she sees everything we do. And it's amazing the things that now she's thinking about and that she's talking about. But also I want to be able to, for her to see my wife and I, Angela, modeling what this means and looks like because that's how we're going to capture the next generation because it just doesn't happen here on sunday it's going to be seen it's going to be lived out through what you do and how you love and serve the world and how you create a safe place even in your own homes and your kids are going to see that model that and all throughout the old testament it's a reminder to the parents hey do this don't forget that i am this don't forget this don't forget this And at Vox, we want to be a church that captures the hearts and allows them to know what it's like to love and serve the world. You with me? Okay, these haven't changed, right, Andy? These have been from the very beginning. And that's what we want to see now these lived out. Because we've done a lot of talking, you guys. We've done a lot of talking. Now it's time for us to start doing these things. And that's what I'm excited about, you guys. I'm excited to be able to now see you guys become an activist, see you guys care, and see you guys pass this on to the next generation. Okay, so distinct audiences, people who are ready to reconstruct and people who are in deconstruction. Um, Andy, what does it mean to be in deconstruction? Um, I'm not giving the, the technical definition, but, but yeah, I mean, largely what we're seeing take place, it's, it's new and meaning new in like 200 years, but it's where um, through a lot of different things systematically, it's actually a systematic phrase, it's not necessarily a religious phrase, but it just simply means that you start to then break down what a system is typically propped up for a long period of time. So where then you've watched the system run off the rails or end up somewhere, some folks will be a part of that and then start to question it, start to step back and really break down all the pieces that make up, make it up. And then begin to start challenge and start to like reweigh and dismiss or reclaim other things in which then usually create a different forward motion or different kind of new, new, new construction. Yeah. So, uh, in very right. So we find um, through conversation as we still have people who are in deconstruction and still people who are ready to move, move forward. So here's how we want to serve you guys. And here's how we want to serve each other. Um, so as we read here, I know it's maybe hard for you guys to read in the back. Um, but we still want to see Sundays happen. This is an area where we still get to care for those who come. Uh, we don't know who comes. We don't know in what area there, there are in their, in their walk. Uh, but we want Sundays to still continue to be the safe place. We want people to come and say, oh, wow, I love that you guys are talking about that. I love that you guys are addressing that. Um, and that's, that's going to be a, a, an area that we all want to be part of. Um, Ronnie has talked about reclaiming seminars. Um, these are going to be really amazing, um, and he's going to take those on. Uh, I know, Ronnie, you're in the back with, with your, 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 your son. Can you kind of give a little bit about what that looks like? Sure. Uh, yeah, I think when we talked about what are some of the things that, uh, A, spiritual formation and spiritual growth, that's sort of why I was brought on, is to help the church move at a uh, spiritual direction. And one of those things is how do we reclaim old practices that have been a part of our heritage for thousands of years, um, but reclaim them in a way that's safe for us. And, and how do we create space to have discussion about those things, those practices? And um, so, you know, the part that my degree has been about is spiritual formation. And so I wanted to kind of take some of those practical, pragmatic approaches to spiritual practices, bring them into a classroom setting, and have discussion around what do those things mean? How do we do those things? Um, we've experimented with some of that um, with the uh, Lectio Divina which I thought was great. Lots of people received that really well. I think that's an empowering thing that tells people like, no, you can hear from God yourself. Um, it's not just all on us, but you know, there's more, there's much more practices that we have to dig into. Um, and so uh, being able to create a space where we can gather together and not just hear somebody talk, but, but share from each other's experiences. What, what's it been like for you to go through reading a Bible? What's it been like for you journaling? What's it been like for you singing? What's it been like for you fasting? Um, and then be able to give some pragmatic things, but then also just to have discussion around those and, and make them safe for us. Because really, what I think some of the, the misunderstanding about spiritual practices has come down to has been about how to conjure God. 
how to make God become something that you want it to be so that you can get something in exchange. And that's really not what that's about. Uh, we want to be the type of people who walk in step with Jesus. And I think that's what the spiritual practices are about. So reclaiming those things. Some of the practices might be painful. I know for me, I've had lots of bad experiences with that. Uh, but I've, I've entered into a new stage of being able to reclaim those in a good way, in a healthy way. Um, and so I want to share those with you. I want, to, I want you guys to share them with each other um, in an open space to be able to talk about them. So. Thanks, Renee. Um, weekly live podcast. Andy, why don't you talk about those? Oh, sure. Um, I'm moving just because I'm recording on my yep. phone. Okay. It's like the worst. Anyways, big fail. Um, yeah, this isn't very complicated. It's just um, Ronnie and I still want to engage a dialogue regarding you know, or at least like making a space where we feel free to respond to things that are constantly happening in our culture related to all things. I mean, much like Mike and I were doing on the Vox podcast, but then just finding, you know, just a further expression of the same thing with Ronnie involved and then other people that we'd be excited to talk to. I and mean, someone like Josh, exactly, like, you know, today would be someone we'd love to get a dialogue with for just an hour mm-hmm. or more on whatever it be. So it's just, it's just a way for us to leave room for, for that kind of thing to happen. Yeah. And typically, um, we've done those live. Um, yeah, we, we did it on like the Facebook live and, um, that was fine. Um, I think just experiencing that and doing that it, and especially now having podcasted for a couple of years and, and just being behind more of a camera, there's, I'm still picking up on some other nuances that just feel better. Like when there isn't a camera involved and it's just dialogue, it's just us talking. And so, um, that's just making a, both a psychological and a technical observation, but we'll find uh, ways to kind of create a good, engaging way to interact with the podcast that will feel much like it would be as if it was Facebook Live. Because we weren't getting necessarily a lot of like live interaction in the moment, so it was like, okay, well, that's not really going to be the thing. But introducing discussion and dialogue and inviting people into it once, like, once we've presented the podcast, I think will work. So. Yeah. So uh, we want to see uh, the dinners continue. How many of you guys are part of a dinner? Raise your hand. Good. This is exciting. We just started a, a Long Beach dinner. It's been the first time. Um, and it's been really neat to get to know people um, outside of Sunday. It's really, it's really fun to get to know people in um, a, 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 an environment where food is what we all have in common. We all love it. We all enjoy it. And the conversations have been really great. Um, but we want to see these happen continually. We want to see more of them. And, and we want to see them happen, too, uh, with, with a purpose. Um, we want it to be a connection point for you guys. We want it to be a, a space where you guys come and have a conversation. But um, we also want to uh, make sure um, that these dinners actually lead to something. Um, for example, in Long Beach, what, I, what, I'm gonna, what we hope to do as we, we kind of further these dinners along is we want the dinners to become a community uh, activism-ish kind of thing. So if in Long Beach uh, the, the beach needs cleanup, hey dinner in Long Beach, let's do that. Um, if in uh, South County there's something that's happening, hey, South County dinner, let's do that. So we really want to see these dinner uh, areas or these homes when you guys uh, uh, gather is now becoming a little more intentional in serving and loving your community in a way that is going to allow you to start to put some, some movement to that. Um, so we ho- we're hoping for that to happen, um, but those will continue. Dinners right now, we have about six of them happening. We're hoping for more, and we want them to be smaller so that there's connection. We've learned that bigger dinners really don't work, um, but smaller ones do. Um, so please, if you're even nervous about a dinner, don't be. It's really enjoyable. It's really fun, uh, and the food is great. Um, uh, we want to see a corporate connect. Um, every once in a while, we want to be able to connect like this corporately. I think there's value in that. I think there's value in everybody coming together and getting to know each other. Um, this is beautiful. I love this. Uh, I wanted to take it out of, the, out of the, um, the Performing Arts Center to kind of sit down and just have a, have a conversation. But we want to see this um, take on um, a, new, a, new, a new look, if, you, if, you, if, you, if we want to call it that way. Um, so, we want to have some all-church dinners. We've done picnics. We want to keep those going. But these all-church dinners, we want to see take on a different look. Uh, I'm going to talk about that in a little bit. Um, but um, it's something that we have been praying about, um, and it's something that we're hoping will allow us to now live out this idea of the table, this idea of communion, this idea of dinners. I mean, we talk about it a lot. So I, I, my desire is that we now put this into practice as a corporate group. 
So um, I'm going to jump to that right now, okay? And uh, I want you to hear me out because this is, this is kind of uh, verbatim what we talked about around the table. Um, so it kind of paints the story of what we're hoping to see happen. Um, this idea of all church dinners blew up when Andy suggested, suggested the idea of having a Sunday all around the table, okay? Now imagine all of us sitting down, having a meal, getting to know each other. Uh, then Izzy called it Vox PM. The idea is that we moved the last... Sunday, the morning Sunday gathering of the month to an evening at 5 p.m. For this purpose, we gather around the table and have dinner in a different location, all families included. So I envision all of us with our children sitting around a table, breaking bread together, getting to know each other, um, living out this idea of table. Um, We should still have, uh, we'll still have some music, a message, we'll have communion, but we also want to reserve a, lo- a block of time until, uh, until 10 p.m. So we want this to be two, two, two facets. We want to be able to, communi- to have community with each other. We want to be able to break bread together. We want to be able to take communion together in a different setting so that we all get to know each other, so that we all begin to care and understand and know who each other are. And that would happen from 5 to 7. And then from 7 to 9, what we want to do is still create a space to have conversations. Why don't you talk about that, Andy? This was, this was exciting. Well, yeah, it, it just felt, what we felt the tension was that, like, the way Sunday feels for most people anyway is that you, you come to church, and then for everyone, there's just the nebulous what happens after church. I go to lunch with my family, or I have this evening thing, or you just kind of, you have that thing going on. Um, most of the time for folks that don't have families and kids, the five to seven block allows us with family and young kids to, to bail. And as much as I would want to hang out and meet some other people, we, we're just sometimes confined to obviously, you know, parenting. <laughs> um, yes. so, but, it's, but there is a lot of folks here that either don't have kids yet that are married or they're single folks or they are a parent that can't stick around and wants to meet some other people. So we just wanted to create a natural flow of time after the fact where you don't feel like, okay, this thing is over and now I have to leave. So, um, and the way it's looking is, is that this will probably be in downtown Fullerton where we're hosting it. So it should feel easy if you're hanging out with some friends and you guys want to go somewhere else and grab dessert or a drink or whatever, it's, it's all going to be right there. So it's not going to feel like you're having to get in a car, drive somewhere else and do that whole like re-rally that a lot of time takes place um, on a Sunday after, after service. But, uh, but yeah, in that space, in that little time after, we want to use that a little bit flexibly. Sometimes it'll just be like, oh yeah, we, the room's just open, just hang out, there's no rush to leave. But we'll also probably use that time um, sometimes to either um, host some artists, you know, just to kind of show some stuff off. If, if we're able to pull in a band or that might be a fun thing to do for those two hours, then we might do something like that. And uh, we might end up doing more of like a live podcast thing or bring in a great person to dialogue, dialogue with and do an open forum. But we're just at least allotting for that time to have a different uh, space for a communal practice that kind of expands upon the things we already have values for, mm-hmm. but then also makes a space for you guys to connect in a very casual way. That's in an evening time where most people connect anyway. So we just felt like instead of trying to force the typical after church, big lunch, picnic somewhere or, or that, the evening time to eat dinner and like relax and hang out is, is normal. And so we figured like, well, let's just do something normal. It doesn't have to feel forced. And so that's, uh, yeah. that's all I just do something new. Do something normal, right? <laughs> so that's that's what we were hoping, and that's um, that's what we're we want to try it. We can always come back, but we wanted to try something that would would allow us to kind of get to know each other. Uh, the community activism is uh, more. We want to uh, create an opportunity for you all to be involved in some some kind of community uh, serving stuff. Um, so I would, I, I would uh, carry that along, but um, it would be us maybe once a quarter saying, hey, we're all going to get together and do this for this. Um, we don't know exactly what that's going to look like, but it's, it's allowing us to come together again to serve the world um, as, a, as, a, as a corporate group. We're hoping this happens within your smaller groups and with, within your personal life. Um, but I, I know some people need this. They need to do this with other people. So we want to be able to offer that. And this is a way for us to continue to serve. Um, As you can see, serving is a big part of what we're talking about today. Serving each other, uh, serving the world, serving our community. uh, Because we want you to be in service. Uh, We want your kids to see you in service. We want us to be in service together. 
Um, junior high, Will is continuing to handle that. It's been really great to see him take that on. They have a Christmas party after this at one o'clock, so he's giving me the eye, like we need to get out of here because we have a white elephant exchange. My daughter last night was like, dad, what should I bring? And I was like, you're on your own girl. Go find something in the house. <laughs> but I hear now people buy white elephant gifts. Yeah. All right. <laughs> you do you. <laughs> I would go to the dollar store because I've seen I've seen some when I shop for supplies. I'm like, ooh, that'd be a good white elephant. That'd be a good white elephant. Um, but um, but activism is pretty much that community activism. We want to see us involved in our community. We want to do corporate things. We want you to do stuff with your dinner, but we also want you to see you involved in your community. Um, it's funny because. I, uh, I serve my, my kids' schools. I, I, I serve my girls' classrooms. Um, and during Hispanic Heritage Month, um, one of the teachers in my second grade, uh, my daughter Reese, in her class, she says, hey, would you come and teach us on Mexican culture? And I was like, well, I actually know that. So I came in. I did a presentation. We talked about all kinds of fun stuff. And then I get a, an email from the principal. Hey, would you mind doing this for the entire school? <laughs> <laughs> so for uh, for two days, I did four assemblies uh, based on you know my Mexican culture, and it was probably the the most amazing experience that I've ever had because I'm I'm proud to be Me Mexican descent. I love the food. I love what 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 it's about. But it was my way to serve my school that my children attend, and I didn't do it because only because I had something to offer. I did it because I wanted my kids to see that we serve. In any, I'm getting emotional, guys. I get, I get emotional. But I wanted my girls to see that we serve not only our church and not only ourselves, but we serve where we are called to serve. And this was an opportunity that I had to take because if not, it would have just gone by. And it's amazing how now that's opened up a lot of other opportunities for other cultures to be celebrated. And it's just one of those things that we as Voxers need to understand that, yes, we're called to our families, and there's seasons for all of this, you guys. We're called to our families, we're called to our church, but we're also called to our communities. Uh, whether you serve by coaching, whether you serve on boards, whatever God's calling you to do within your community, that's where we want you. That's where we want to see you do your thing, because a lot of you guys do amazing things. And we want to celebrate that. And we want um, you to, to know that we're, we're all about that. Um, and we want to see that as part of what activism looks like. Um, and uh, we're going to use Life Around the Table Facebook a lot now, guys. Make sure you're on that. Facebook, Life Around the Table is where we're going to post all these things. And we do it with the intention of you going there, but also seeing what other people are posting on there so that you can start to get to know other people through that portal. Um, and it's free. So we want to utilize that for you to be part of that. But the other thing we want you to, 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 to see happen too is we want to get to know you guys. Um, you guys do amazing things to love and serve the world. And we want to help with that. We want to allow you to tell your story. Um, this is still, we want to tell stories. We still want to see how people are, are in process. We want, to, we want to be able to do that. But we also want to see and know how you are serving and loving the world. I put Carly up here. Um, she didn't know I was going to mention her. Is she in the room? Where's Carly? She's one of our, our community pastors. Uh, come up here, girl. Come on, come, come on up here. Um, she told me her story. And I, I love it. But these... These are the people that call Vox their home. Um, sorry to put you on the spot, girlfriend. But, <laughs> but, uh, but I want you to get to know, this is Carly. She's a community pastor. Um, she's been at Vox from the very beginning, right? And um, she loves and serves the world in this capacity. Go ahead. Why don't you tell us what you do? All right. Uh, so my career is I'm in the field of early childhood education. I was a preschool teacher for a long time. Carter, come here. Sorry. I'm a, I'm a part-time auntie because I love bringing my nephews here to Vox. All right. Okay. Uh, so I um, am really this was planned. passionate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> about um, helping little ones and their parents and the uh, incredible teachers who work with them on a daily basis. So that's what I do for a career, but I also have the amazing opportunity to use that to serve, like David said, the world. Um, I get the incredible privilege of traveling to Cambodia once a year and training teachers there. Um, and I'll share more about the background of Cambodia and um, just why they're 
such a high need country in the future and maybe bring some pictures and stuff. But I have the opportunity to train teachers there and I just went for the seventh time this November with some other professors from Biola University. Um, and I'm really passionate about the opportunity to take the skills that we all naturally have and the things we're passionate about and sharing that with others. Um, and using that to build relationship um, and just to be that light. So yeah, I love uh, to help teachers and parents. So, And I said, hey, how do you fund this? She's like, oh, I have a GoFundMe page. And my family sometimes, I'm like, girl, how do we help you? <laughs> uh, so I, I take over about five to six suitcases full of the materials to support implementation of the training that I'm doing. So we're talking about art with the kids, then I'm bringing over all the materials for the classrooms too. So yeah, we'll figure I love out a it. way to connect. So this is, this is how we get to know each other. I, we want to know what you're doing to serve the world. We want to know how we can partner with you. And um, Carly's just an example of all of us in the room. We all do something, and we're, we all are serving the world in, 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 in a beautiful way. We just want to celebrate that. Um, but realizing, too, we're all in a different place. You know, we all, well, there's some of us still in process, not ready to do that, and it's okay. But um, we want to now champion um, things that you're doing, things that you, you are doing to, to change the world. So uh, we love that, and we want to be part of that. Um, the other thing, thank you, Carly. Thank you. Thank you. So that is uh, kind of an area for people to start to reconstruct. But we also want to also acknowledge that people are still in process. I remember being in this state of processing. Um, but we also want to be very gentle. We want to be very uh, much aware and, and, and in tune with that. So what we're hoping to see is um, we want to pe people. We want to offer opportunities for people to continue to be in that process, to continue to be um, uh, cared for. Uh, these care workshops have been amazing. Carrie, thank you. Amazing, you guys. Um, I know a lot of you guys have been there, 44, 44 on average, it depends, sometimes we get 60, but you guys, that's a large percentage of people attending these because that, there's the need. And um, the opportunity to be able to offer that is amazing. And we know people are still in a, in a place of process and we want to continue to offer that. Um, these process groups that the Freedom Center has been doing, amazing. Carrie, thanks again. Mario. Thank you for allowing Carrie. Thank you for partnering in it. I love it. I love it. Um, but just the things that we're seeing coming out of that is amazing. We want to keep doing that. We want to keep offering opportunities for people to have a place to have these conversations and process. But we also realize that Sundays could be utilized or another opportunity for people to discuss certain topics is another opportunity. And this is where we would love to see our CPs um, come into play. Uh, I know Carrie and Bruce are amazingly qualified for these things. We'd love to see them help lead these discussions. Um, but we want to offer opportunities. That's what we have been all about. And we will continue to be about that because we care for where people are at in their, in their, in their walk with, with Christ. So these are opportunities for people who are still in process to be part of, but they can cross. Every, everything is for everybody. Um, if you find yourself ready to reconstruct but still want to be part, do it. But we're just saying we're going to offer these things so that we can continually um, offer care. Andy. Um, and on the detail where it says after church, don't take that part too seriously right. yet. So the survey um, that's on the website right now that we, we need you guys to fill out um, is asking you guys actually when during the week does this, would you want to come to something like this? So it's, um, it's similar to what it's, it's both things that are we would say like both spiritual conversations and church and culture conversations. So, and part of it is I, we ask you guys, what topics do you want to talk about? And so it's just a space to have group conversations around the entire breadth of those topics. So it's a lot of the stuff that we would talk about on a podcast, but actually creating a physical space with all of you to just to have those dialogues and carry those through. And they're not going to be filled with answers, but rather as a way for us to grow in perspective and to like continue to, to ha at least have the space to talk about right. it and not just assume we think one way from the stage and you guys are just a part of all of that coming to the church, which is right. my experience. Okay. Um, one more thing I want to, I want to highlight for you guys. Um, from the very beginning, we've had a desire to put some of our budget towards, um, towards kind of a benevolence kind of, of approach. Um, and we want to do that now. 
we really want to now start putting some of our um, finance through into a benevolence fund that's going to help um, in certain areas that we feel God is calling us to partner with. Um, I don't know if you know, but our church is made up of a lot of families who have adopted. Um, if you have adopted, would you please raise your hand? I want to acknowledge you in the room. A lot of them. And I know God is going to continue to send families to this church who are going through that process. Maybe some of you in the room are considering the process. But we want to be able to... Um, dang it. Uh, <laughs> what? I'm processing, you guys. I'm processing right now. We want to be a place where we create an environment um, where we help families who are considering adoption, who have adopted and need to process adoption. Um, so we really are intentionally going to put some financial backing toward that. Um, the other thing that we want to see is we want to come around families with children of special needs. Dang it. <laughs> Did you uh, I didn't get a chance. Oh, it didn't come through. Um, we really want to be intentional now that we want to walk towards being part of things like this. We want to see people, um, we want to see children adopt. There's a lot of kids out there, guys, that need to be adopted. We want to be able to be a church that comes alongside people who are interested. We want to be a church that comes along people who are um, asking questions or have children with special needs. Um, it's just a beautiful thing, but... We also want to continue to support people who need counseling. Uh, mental health is a big deal. Amen. <laughs> so we want to set aside funds in our benevolence fund. And this could be, this could change within the next year. There might be more, but we want to start somewhere, you guys. We really want to start somewhere. And we have listened and we, and we see what's happening in our, in our community. And we want to get behind that. So really, we want to get behind adoption. We want to get behind special needs. And we want to get behind mental health and, and do that through counseling. So what we're going to do is, guys, um, starting, this, starting today or this month, 2% um, of our budget is going to go towards that benevolent fund. But we're going to retro it to the beginning of the fiscal year, which was July. And then what we're going to do for just this time is we're going to go into our reserve and we're going to pull 2% out of that and put it into this benevolent fund so that we have now financial backing that we can start doing this. But also we want to create that to where if any of you find that you want to give towards that benevolent fund for that purpose, you can. Um, because we now want to start doing these kind of things. We've talked about it for a long time. We now want to start doing it. Um, and the Lord might say, hey, in six months, hey, there's, there's another something that we need, should be doing. But um, we really feel strongly that these areas are an area where we want to get behind um, and start moving into that area. But I went to counseling, you guys. It was the best thing I ever did. Seriously, the best thing I ever did. It's allowed me to be here. Um, <laughs> it's allowed me to be in this place and in this position because there was a lot of junk that had to come out. <laughs> so I want to be able to encourage those who are in that kind of space to be able to get the help that you need. Um, and we're praying that God would honor that. You know, I know he will. Yeah. So that is kind of the gist of kind of where we're going. Um, I wanted to give you guys kind of like a, just a quick calendar of what it might look like monthly. Um, so week one, uh, we have what's called the community pastor training where just our community pastors meet. Week two is where we want to see the Safe to Reclaim workshop happen. Uh, week three is where we have our Vox dialogue. Uh, week four is Vox PM. Now, if there's a fifth week in the month, that becomes Vox PM. And the fourth week, we rest. Um, but we still have a Sunday service in the morning. And then care workshops to be determined, um, and still we want to see these summer picnics happen. But this is just kind of a, a glimpse of what the month will look like. But based on um, the survey that you fill out, that'll tell us when all of this, all of this is going to happen and what we're going to talk about. Uh, we want to hear it from you. We want to know where you're at so that we can um, start responding to, to what is happening. So I hope you see that we're responding to a lot of what's already happening here at Vox. Now we're just giving it a focus. Um, 
And instead of talking about it, we're now focusing and we want to do something about it. So um, that is the beginning of our meeting. So, woo! Thank you guys. Andy, come on up. I'm going to switch the mic so you can have it now. Oh, okay. Or do you want to wear this? I guess I'll wear it. <laughs> um, well, this won't. It, this isn't very much to talk about, to be honest. I probably said more in the other things. Um, wrong way. Wrong way. Which way does it go? I don't wear these things. I do. You do. <laughs> Not that innocent. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I forgot my uh, spandex suit at home. <laughs> Just give me a mic. That's all it takes, guys. Um. Man, if, now it feels like official. Right? Like I gotta, I gotta sell you guys something. Um, yeah, exactly. Seriously. Uh, all right, this is such a fast review. Um, okay, so uh, in the past, I've, I've kind of just talked about. Um, we talk about this because um, this. I mean, the beauty of this is the human bodies in the room. It's the connection that goes beyond just what we're, what's in our minds. But we see people, we react, we respond. Um, and we get to know each other and we have uh, deep relationships. Um, as you guys know, when this all started, it started out of a podcast and which was a very intellectual kind of thing. It was a very big and grand emotional and an intellectual response to a number of things. Uh, one thing I've, I've wrestled with, I've shared with the staff a number of times is the this kind of area in which the, the podcast drifts and the church can drift where everything we're doing is just is intellectual spiritual and intellectual have their relationship and understanding the knowledge kind of informs the spirit but even more so vice versa but then again you can end up just with, with the church just talks about a lot of stuff you know and that's where we're like i believe in what we're talking about but there's just we need motion you know we need action we need small calls to action that just that help place these things into practice so then we see life actually come from the things we think and so um um, that being said, though, um, a lot of the things that we think about are still reaching lots of people far beyond the 150 people that we say that actually attend here. So uh, the teaching podcast, that's a part that's basically the Sunday recording that goes out um, into the world um, is that this past year was 66,000 downloads, you know, across every week of listening, which is about 5,500 downloads per month. So you do the rest of the math on a per week. It's about 2,000, um, you know, a little under 2,000 downloads per week. You know, so it's like 150 people in the room, 950 people that are listening to it after the fact. So what we're doing, all that tells us is that what we're doing matters. You know, however far that's going, I, I guess the one thing I could have done is maybe look into how much of that is in California. I could tell you from thinking about the recent, it's about half. Half of that listenership is probably in the Southern California, California range, um, and then the rest is nationwide. And so in the bigger pockets, it's in the big political pockets, so Pacific Northwest, Texas, and then the coastal cities. Um, Facebook live streaming, so then this is just kind of a layer down, which is the actual video that's kind of happening on Facebook Live. Um, and it gives me kind of minutes, like accounted for that's listened, so uh, 138,000 minutes watched <laughs> that I can never really like get my head around that but I, I, I put that into about 50 40 to 50 people watching the Facebook live actually you know per week so that's people who are sitting down and actually watching and I did this based on a 60 minute you know thing so that's where we could say 40 to 50 people every Sunday are actually watching it from somewhere else so you can kind of add that to our Sunday morning kind of crew if you want to look at it that way um, and then lastly um, much more in my opinion the more you know bigger significant thing was yeah 100 we did 177 signups on the new care workshops this year of, on four workshops, which was, yeah, like about 44 people that came um, to that event. Uh, and as we said before, uh, that was a response to you guys saying in last year's survey, 80% of you said, yes, I would benefit from some kind of spiritual or mental health related resource. And so um, if our church is 150 people, as we've said, 30% of you were coming to that. Um, as far as any experience we've had with church business, you know, any person's freaking out if 30% of your church is actually doing something, you know, every single, you know, quarter. So, I mean, small groups don't even get those kinds of numbers. And so, um, <laughs> it's going to be chuckles on that one for sure. Um, that's fine. But at the end of the day, you know, the, the, the conversations that are coming out of these things, the, the, the questions that are coming out of these things, the big, the big piece of it for us has been an awareness that this involves more infrastructure and involves more follow-up and involves more pieces that help people along the way of the journey. Because I think what we've realized is that we've kind of 
taken a wound and just like ripped it open for a lot of people to kind of, but then and offering them this incredible awareness though to now like, oh, I want to move forward now and I want to wrestle with this and I want to learn from this and deal with this. What's my next step? And so we, the last one, we did have the process groups. We heard about the process groups. They were amazing. And so that we're now, we have a few steps along the way to kind of keep, keep moving with that. We've also had to pull on new, some more counselors because I would say about 80% of our people that we're counseling at Freedom Movement Center are boxed. So um, even though we haven't technically said like this is the next step beyond the process, the short, smaller process groups, we're on a waiting list now at Freedom Movement. So um, you are you are jumping in. You are saying as you come to the care workshop, what's my next step? And we're saying, hey, you can meet with someone one on one if there's not a group offered. And and many of you have taken that and right. that next step. So it is showing us that you are moving forward into that process and the, and we maxed out, sold out on each one of our process groups that we offered for women and for men when we ran the eight week and nine week process group. Those numbers are important because I want you to understand, one, what we, we are offering something for you, but two, you're actually doing it. You're mm-hmm. joining it, and right. um, so we were capped and have had a few people uh, write in and say, when is the next group? And in fact, the other group, the men's group that started, they're all chomping at the bit for it to open up again for their group. So um, anyway, I just thought that was important yeah. to know. Yeah, that's great. That people are getting care, and mm-hmm. they're stepping into that. Yeah, yeah. Um, awesome. Um, I'm going to riff for a second because I just have something something else just with what you're saying. So the you know the comment was made of understanding like what does what does it look like what does it look like for us as a church to engage with the disabilities community. So um, for those of you that that know or don't know, I do have a daughter named Sunflower. She's adopted. She has Down syndrome, and my wife is on a podcast that that I produce that reaches thousands of people like every single time um, that we do it, two seasons in. And um, one thing I realized and I've realized along the way is that. The conversation regarding a what the the common word we've used is inclusion like in schools and what is the process for understanding inclusion in schools but the track record of the church involving inclusion has been catastrophic and so it's some of its approach where it's like okay well here's a special needs ministry and my wife was a co-director of a special needs ministry and and it was beautiful and the thing i learned from that was more so my direct exposure to more folks with a disability grew a different aspect of comfort, which grew to a different aspect of knowledge and then became love and grace and then care along the way. But it all starts a lot with exposure. And so some of it is, you know, I'll I'll probably be taking a lot of lead to create opportunities for us to have more exposure that's beyond outside of it. This isn't saying like, oh, let's start a special needs ministry. It's actually not what we're going to do. What we're going to do is basically learn what it means to create access and opportunity for people with disabilities to participate in the church. And so it's really like they're all part of us. It's not this separate group. And that's been the biggest mistake that both the church has made, schools have made, and continue to make because it's all compartmentalized when the church was never meant to be compartmentalized. And so that's where more of those realizations are coming, even with like just us raising our own child, us working with all of our friends that advocate and work in that space. Um, I have a good friend who works at a Korean church, and she has a whole ministry that goes in public speech just to talk with church leaders of understanding, here's the problem we continue to perpetuate, and this is what has to change. And so I'm, I'm right there with her. I have actually built anything around this but the resources are there and we're going to do it differently and it's going to look a little bit different and we have a lot of close friends that run organizations all throughout orange county and there's going to be a lot of invites to a lot of events to you guys to come and participate with us and do all of that because the first thing it starts with exposure and then from there everything else just kind of like falls into place because usually the assumption is like oh they need us they need us we have to serve let's go and do that and the one thing you end up learning is they end up serving you just from existing you know in ways that they never imagined they're doing it but it's happening in very beautiful ways and so um anyhow that's kind of just a bit of an expanse on how that's come about and why that's become important to us we're talking about it so um anyhow i don't i'm not going to just take the mic and run because i'll be i'll be here forever so yes joanna come on up thanks everybody I don't want to get too friendly nope. there, Andy. <laughs> and I'm not even going to try to sing because, Andy, that was awesome. So, all right, my whole hairline is just messed up. Um, first of all, 
I want to thank Cece, wherever you are. She put together these slides. And these slides are awesome. They're charts. You should have seen David geeking out. I'm going to come fix you. You're going to come fix me? Okay. Yeah. Okay. And they give me your hair. Oh, yes, thank you very much. All right, we're good. All right, so charts. How many of you were here last year when we had a financial update and we had 47 slides? We're not doing that this year. No, no. We've got, uh, what, five slides or so? Just want to give you the highlights and the lowlights. Um, so what we're comparing here is our actual giving versus our actual expenses. And this is for the fiscal year ended June 30th. So July of 17 through June of 18. And so the blue is the income and the orange, yellow, whatever it is, are the expenses. And you can see some months were upside down, other months were way ahead in terms of giving. But the bottom line is, is that we've been able to meet our expenses. Uh, which is a wonderful thing, and it really speaks to the generosity of, of those here and those that are not here, but, you know, who really believe in what we're doing and are willing to put their money where their mouths are. Um, it's, it's truly been amazing. There have been some weeks where, you know, we're, we're getting the totals and we're just like, oh my goodness, this is, this is amazing. So thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, so then looking ahead um, for the fiscal year ending June of 19, so that's the one that started July of 18, um, here's kind of the numbers that we have, um, how much we intend to spend, what we're, what we're projecting we'll receive as giving. Um, so, you know, we're, we always hope to budget that we have more coming in than we do going out, um, but this is kind of our budget. And I'll give a little bit more details on the types of expenses that we had. Um, segwaying just a little bit into the Benevolence Fund, just want to clarify that this is a restricted fund. So that means legally those funds will only be spent on the benevolence. So if you, know, if you feel like you want to give into this specific fund, um, then know that those dollars are going to be spent on just the things that, that David um, described. So that's a, a legal obligation we have, and I take that seriously. Yes, she does. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's look at this current fiscal year, see how we're doing. So this is, again, comparing actual income versus actual expenses. So November sucked, right? Yeah. It did. That's not atypical um, because December will be a huge spike I mean historically and I've been involved with churches since I was 14 and that was just a few years ago <laughs> but um, typically in December we'll see a huge increase in giving uh, people do, do their year-end gifts um, I want to talk a little bit about the, the numbers of actually physical attendance um, and only for the reason that a number of you have come to us and said, oh, what's happening? We only have 140 people here. Oh, look, we only have 130. Well, that's not the point. That's not the point of why we're here. You've heard that communicated really eloquently by Andy and by David, and you see the numbers on social media, right? I mean, it's not just the physical bodies in the room. Um, but yeah, so this was the fiscal year ending uh, June of 18 that the numbers did go down. You know, I mean, we all know our history, and um, then comparing that with this current fiscal year, these first five months, um, it kind of stabilized in October, November. Um, so, so just to address that, just because it has been brought to our attention as a concern by a number of you, um, but I hope that um, by seeing the numbers of the, the social media and, and the online um, view, views that this is, this is just a small part of the picture. Um, here's our budget for this coming year broken down into real simple numbers. I know these are really, this is really small type, but payroll and related expenses is about 38%. I've been involved with a number of churches. I'm, in fact, I'm on the board for other couple of churches helping them with their books and that. This is a really low percentage um, in terms of, of um, total expenses. Uh, facilities, 14%. 
insurance is a big chunk, unfortunately, but it is what it is. And then all the other expenses, the ministries, the hospitality, the um, junior high kids, everything like that um, take 41% of the budget. Um, I wanted to give you a, a free extra bonus um, today having to do with um, taxes. Um, and that is, you know, we have tax reform and things are going to look really different. I've spent the last, starting about July, I've probably run two to three hundred tax projections for my clients. And um, what we're seeing is because of the increase in the standard deduction, um, something that folks can take advantage of is bunching their itemized deductions. So say, for example, you have Mr. and Mrs. Smith who... Paid, they, their house is paid for, they paid $15,000 in state and local taxes, and they usually give about $10,000 to charity. So that's $25,000 in deductions, right? Last year, they would have taken that full twenty-five dollars because the standard deduction was about twelve dollars and change. Well, this year, the standard deduction is $24,000. So one thing they may want to consider is doubling up every other year in their charitable contributions. And that seems to work for a lot of people. So they would prepay their 2019 giving um, and have for 2018 an additional 10,000 uh, in, in uh, itemized deductions. And then the following year, take the standard deduction, which is substantially higher, um, mostly because also state and local income taxes are, are deduct or are limited but just wanted to put that kind of in the back of your head um, that's that's one of the few individual strategies that we have other than the child tax credit so you could always go out and adopt get that child tax credit there. Uh, let's see um, also we uh, we are set up that we are able to receive now uh, stock gifts another good um, tax strategy is to gift highly appreciated stocks um, and so if you want to know more about that come find me whatever um, I think that's it one other thing going back to last year um, there was a comment and there were a lot of questions and concerned about um, hundred thousand dollars being spent on Ohio, a ministry in Ohio, and, and there were a lot of questions there. That has, didn't happen, and the, the, it was phrased really kind of incorrectly. We were setting aside 100 for Ohio. It's been pulled back, it's in our regular reserve. It, it stays here um, and, and helps us. So I think that's all I have. So um, just really quick, two more things that I want to highlight um, is you'll be seeing this little uh, cup um, on a lot of things now. Uh, we are kind of changing a little bit of our logo, and it's not going to be the talk bubbles anymore. It's going to reflect more of us coming around the table. Um, so this will be now what you will see on a lot of our rebranding, Box Safe to Belong. Um, if you serve, you will receive a, a t-shirt. It's going to change too, so I will no longer wear I've worn this shirt for three years, guys. <laughs> it's time. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's simple Vox, and on the back, it's um, Vox Safe to Belong. So uh, we're wanting to now kind of refocus and, and really be uh, about this, but I want to just address the shirt um, because it has been and it has come up a few times where um, this has been viewed as an elite group of people who wear these shirts, and in order for you to be uh, important at Vox, you get a, you, you're part of this group. Uh, that's far beyond the truth, you guys. Uh, intentionally, what we've done with these shirts is um, we want you to now, as you wear the shirt, as you become part of the team, we want you to uh, be a resource, uh, somebody who knows what Vox is about, somebody who knows how to, where to send people if they have questions. So this is not a um, social group. It is a way for you to be a resource of information to people who come to Vox. Um, we will say this from the stage. If you have any questions, please somebody, see somebody with a Vox shirt. Um, that's why we don't have Welcome Center. That's why we don't have a booth. We want you to be the person to answer the questions that people may have. Hey, I'm struggling to this. Hey, can I bring you over to a community pastor? 
So these are not exclusive, um, but it does say that you have taken the step to uh, be involved at Vox and be that person that is willing to answer to be a person who cares. So that's what, a t- that's what the t-shirt is. So uh, I want to encourage you to, um, when you put this on, you, you tell yourself, I'm now somebody who is a resource to somebody who is coming to Vox. And that's a beautiful thing, you guys. Um, we kind of took this from Apple. When you walk into Apple, who do you go to for help? Somebody with a t-shirt. Um, and that is what this is all about. So all that to say, um, that is, is happening. So the other thing is we do need um, some help in some of the areas on Sunday morning. This is a way for you to serve. Um, if you're interested, if you already serve, great. If you're not, please don't, um, don't feel pressure to do any of it. Uh, but we do have some areas that still are in need every Sunday. So children's, we will always need that. If you want to be part of that once a month, great. Um, I need some people on the prayer team. Uh, that has diminished, um, so I need some more. There's need for that. Um, and then, Andy, do you have any, any specifics? Yeah, we still have production. Production needs help. Um, there's still a lot of areas that we could use your help. Um, on your way out, if you want to see Cece, she has the cards. If you want to say, hey, I want to be part of that, um, please fill us out and we'll, we'll follow up with you. Um, and that is that. At this point, you are free to go. If you have no questions, you can pick up your children on the way out. If you have questions, please stay, come up front. We will stay a little bit after and answer those questions for you. But um, thank you for being here. Thank you, you guys. Seriously. This has been amazing.